get flowers every Sunday. I'ma marry me one day. True love ain't something you can buy yourself. True love finally happens when you buy yourself. So if you buy yourself, then go and buy yourself. Mostly bad news, mostly bad news. I was going to say, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> uh, I think we forgot the uh, introduction. And uh, so just to say, you know, uh, this is Julian Mark. You're listening to Listen Local. Uh, I hope you're having a nice morning. Um, it's hot. It is hot, but will it be hotter? That's the question. It tends to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, you know, we have some interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, a couple of restaurant closures, um, but for very, very different reasons. And... The first closure actually happened. The second closure, you know, is forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, the first closure is of Mission Beach Cafe, and that was suddenly shut down, uh, gave a, given notice of closure by the health department uh, sometime last week. Uh, well, well the, 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 the killing blow was the eviction by the landlord. Right, right. But the, as we'll get to, there were a number of factors. Right, right. The, so the death blow was the eviction, but it was also mandato- mandatorily shut down by... By the health department, no? They were moving to take the business license away, but not for the reason that everybody got all up in arms about, which is they saw the term rodent infestation in the review, and, and everyone went berserk. Uh, but what the health department was uh, but moving... But before, before, yeah. we, before we, you know, dive into the, you know, how, how you know, the deep uh, problems with Mission Beach, it is, it's a it's a brunch spot on 14th and Guerrero, uh, Guerrero yeah, that... Um, you know, always lines out the door on the weekends. Uh, seemingly decent, decent food. Uh, it's been around. Everyone for 12 seemed years. to be happy. I mean, like those lines speak for themselves. Right, right. The, so the customers were seemed to be happy, but 
uh, for a I mean, long whenever t- something like this happens, there's always that one guy in the internet, well, I went there and it wasn't any good and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm giving you three stars, not four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so, but, but most people liked it. Um, but things were sort of boiling under the surface there. I mean, Julian and I both wrote about this, and, and I think it did take a couple of writers to get, you know, a handle on everything that was so deeply wrong there. Yeah. Uh, to start with, you know, it was closed because uh, it was evicted, because he wasn't paying rent, and he wasn't, uh, the, the, land, the, the proprietor, uh, Mr. Bill Clark, uh, was, per his landlord, not paying rent, not paying garbage, not paying other fees that, you know, and, and hadn't been for some time. That's a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there yeah, was also the possibly. health department that had uh, come in a couple times and found egregious health violations. But what really got them and what was moving to have the city take the extraordinary step of putting them out of business by taking away the business license was that they were willfully not complying with the city's mandate that you put money into health care for your employees. And, they and, were willfully stiffing the employees right. and pocketing the money. Yeah, yeah. By will, will, willfully uh, yeah. violating the ordinance, meaning taking the surcharge and putting it directly into his pockets. I mean, and he might have spent that on the restaurant, but he wasn't spending it on health care. Right, right, right. Um, now, can you just explain a little bit what this, uh, you know, what this ordinance is, what it does, why we have it in San Francisco? Well, yeah. y- what you'll see is that, you know, based upon the hourly wage of the employees, you have to put a certain amount into health care for them. And we do have Healthy SF in San Francisco. And, you know, this is a way of, of uh, making this uh, difficult, low wage work more attractive for people when it's hard to retain or even or even uh, obtain employees because of how difficult it is to make it on on uh, $15 an hour or thereabouts in San Francisco. So if you have your healthcare kind of factored in, that's supposed to make things more attractive and frankly, more equitable, you know, something we want. They don't have to do this, but most restaurants uh, will will uh, pass this, this on to the consumers with, you know, what's seen as a healthy SF surcharge or something right, like right, that. Right. And you see that on your bill. That was on the bill at Mission <clears throat> Beach Cafe, but but he wasn't putting it towards healthcare. Yeah, and, yeah. And when I asked Bill about it, he said, oh, it's just a surcharge because it's expensive to do business in San Francisco. He didn't know what it was, or was he not? Was he was he confused, or did he? Did he the, the evidence he points. Yeah, okay. The evidence points to him knowing what it was. Oh, I see. Because I see. because uh, city investigators and multiple employees told me that he told them uh, that if any customers asked about it, they were supposed to say uh, it's for healthcare. It's for oh, so okay, so he, <laughs> so he really knew. But the, so, but as you said, this was not going toward. It was uh, it was going towards whatever it was going toward. There were right. a number of things because right. as Julian and I both wrote, there there were personal bankruptcy and back taxes and uh and you know uh, all manner of 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 money problems there and and as he was uh not paying uh, not using the uh essentially this tax for you know or the proceeds of this tax for you know what they were meant for what you know there were employees that that were having health problems and there was the, yeah. the employees uh, approached uh pro bono attorneys in an attempt to get these problems remedied. Mm-hmm. And the remedies were, were incremental and piecemeal and, and would come and go. And, and eventually they took the step of suing uh, the restaurant, the LLC, in 2017. And uh, one of the depositions that I got was that one of the employees did not have health care. He should have had health care. Uh, that's what the mandate is for. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And he uh, hit his head and ended up in General Hospital and has a $45,000 outstanding bill. This is a minimum wage worker. Now, I mean, of course, you know, whatever he may have gotten from, you know, his employer would not have made a significant dent in that, but it certainly would have would have had health care. He would have helped a lot. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) It would have been the difference between having a helmet or not having a helmet if you flew off of a a motorcycle. It's right. 
That's what insurance is for. So that is the power. That is the power of this. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. you're supposed to have health care. Right, right, right. And you know, a number a number of employees I talk to, you know, because they are owed this money and and are short on funds, they're putting off, uh, you know, not non-trivial things like surgical procedures and things like that. It's it's a big deal. It, it affects people's lives. But it wasn't just this. Um, I mean, of, of course, that was the original complaint that the uh, you know several employees filed with the uh, Office of uh, Labor Standards and Enforcement. But there were other uh, issues with uh, Mr. Clark and uh, and how he was uh, treating his employees. And, and and what were those? Well, I mean, they weren't getting their money on time. Yeah. Uh, the checks were bouncing. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, they were incurring penalties for that uh, because they had to cover things on their own credit cards. Their credit rating suffered. Uh, they were threatened with eviction because there was not money to cover rent. Mm-hmm. Um, basic stuff like I will pay you X amount of money for Y amount of work on Z date, right. which is the you know kind of the fundamental basis of of, of capitalism uh, was not happening. Right. And so you know, I mean, a lot of people you know chime in. Well, it's difficult to run a business in San Francisco, and, and it is. <laughs> but you know. I will pay you X amount for Y work on Z date is pretty basic. Right. And the checks were coming in lower than, right? Lower than they were supposed to be. Um, the, you know, they were late, of course, and they bounced and, 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 and this, that. And Just and tremendous amounts of drama. Just tremendous. Now, how many employees was this? Uh, up to 31 at a time, I think. 31 at a time. Oh, that he had. But how many employees actually sued him? I think 10 or more, 10 uh, or more. are on the lawsuit. Okay. And uh, now, are they ever going to? Uh, no. Are they ever going to see that money? No, no, no. Why is that? Because when you get into bankruptcy issues, uh, the first people to get the money back. Are... Wait, wait, no, but let's let's back up. Actually, um, he he was given a um, you know the the judge a judge did end up ruling in these employees' favor. Is that right? Yes, there was a default judgment of one point three million dollars. That's and a lot of was, money. Yes, and there was a settlement for two hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars. But that settlement, I believe, is moot because uh, it was stipulated in him being in one manner of bankruptcy and then and then he was kicked into another manner of bankruptcy and and long story short no one's gotten any money now, or, or or there's been very right. very little and and even before even before i think this judgment was made or even before um mr clark filed for uh bankruptcy he was also being hit with uh foreclosure uh on on the property that he had bought uh in which the the cafe uh, the cafe was housed and so and where, and where i believe he lives upstairs yeah so. so so okay so so he's not paying his employees he's he's uh you know violating this ordinance um i mean kind of the same you know kind of one and the same thing and then um he he's not paying his lenders um and and then what does he do well, he tries to open up another cafe, of course. He has a, tries to open up another <laughs> cafe, but how does he? How does he dodge all these other things? He he files for bankruptcy now. He did file for bankruptcy, and and that is, I mean, and that is seemingly how people can get away with this kind of thing. You no. Know? Well, I mean, we can have a deep philosophical discussion about this, but like filing for bankruptcy, um, uh, you, you can. I mean, as the president has proven, you can. You can. <laughs> you don't usually end up hat in hand on the corner. Yeah. Uh, and the people who, you know, need the money the most are the least likely to see it. It's the banks and the mortgage right. lenders and whatnot to get the money back first. Right. And uh, and not the uh, uh, employees who, you know, have legally claimed that they've been defrauded because right. of the misdirection of those, uh, um, you know, surcharge funds. Yeah. They claim that they have been defrauded. So that's not just like, I didn't pay you, it's I defrauded you. And at least allegedly, you know, per the lawsuit. And, uh, and, but, you know, their lawyers are very candid about the fact that they do not hold out much hope at all for, for seeing that money. Uh, 
the Office of Labor Standards and Enforcement ruled that just in the three-year sample period, he, you know, there was an $144,000 discrepancy he should have paid towards his employees, and he did pay $17,000 towards that, but uh, 14 or 17, but then, then, you know, then there was the eviction, etc., and I don't anticipate there'll be more, so, you know, you spread 14 to $17,000 out among, you know, 31 people, and it's, it's not a, no. a whole lot of money. No, no, no. You know, it's not a life-changing amount of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, what is what is surprising, and I guess not surprising about this, is that, you know, even before the lawsuit, I think even before the complaint was filed with the OLSC, um, before the, the bankruptcy, before this whole litany of other things, he was even operating this business without a state business license. Yes, is that's that true. right? And and that was for um, owing some, I don't know, $50,000? In tax money, yeah. In, in tax so, like, money, you know, yeah. it's just, it just keeps going, right? Yeah, right, right. And right. the thing is, is that, you know, that apparently people do this all the time. <laughs> you know, they, there's nobody who comes in and says, you have to stop now. Right, right. And, uh, and you know, that not having the state business license, which was rescinded in 2014 yeah, because right. of the back taxes, <clears throat> um, was not a barrier. Um, now, I, I understand... It kind of makes you feel like a sucker for following the rules, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think we will get to, you know, the businesses who, who do follow the rules, you know, in a second. But, you know... Um, what um you you had i i just emailed uh you know bill clark um and he sent me you know a, a, he sent me an answer but you had a very long conversation with uh with uh with bill and and what, could you just explain what that was like and well and bill what, bill yeah. is upset that people uh-huh. aren't uh you know pointing out you know the amount of effort and love that went in the restaurant which right. i think some people actually have because you know you don't have employees sticking around that long through those kinds of conditions just for the money. I think that there was a community there, and mm-hmm. I think they put a lot of effort into into uh-huh. making that a, a good place to eat and a good place to be. Right. Uh, Bill himself was, I think, the pastry chef. Mm. Uh, he'd get up at the crack of dawn every morning. So, I mean, like, all through all of this, I think critiques of the food in the restaurant would be um, extremely petty. You know, it seems that they, you know, put a lot of work into that. Everything else is fair game, though. And Bill saw himself very much as the victim of uh, almost a conspiracy. You know, uh, he, he believed that uh, the landlord may or may not have uh, called the health department on him, knowing that the health department would um, would have animus against him and shut him down, and therefore he couldn't collect revenue, and therefore he couldn't have rent, and therefore he'd be evicted. And what's more, he he, he admitted to me that he was stiffing the employees on the uh, health care mandate, but he said he was not inclined to help them out because they were stealing from him. And it was a vast, you know, organized theft ring. And he talked about them fudging the tips and then fudging their hours and, and taking pastries out of the, the, uh, the, the, the pastry area and giving it to people. Now, $144,000, like, that's a lot of pastries, right? But, like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, he said he had video evidence, but he couldn't show it to me. But the lawyers representing the, 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 the workers said there was no mention of video evidence and his claims of theft were very poorly sourced. And that, in fact, you know... Um, in the matter, in the public record, uh, there was a complaint that he fired an employee claiming he was the ringleader for the lawsuit. And, and you know, we, you know names were, I know the names, but names were not named. Uh, but, you know, in, in describing the main thief to me, he used the term ringleader. So oh, yeah. clearly he thinks that, you know, that, um, that, that these people have been robbing from him, which is odd because, like, you know, you think that if, if you caught people robbing from you, you'd fire them. Uh, instead of keeping them on and then punishing them by not giving them health care in an arcane way and then pocketing their health care funds. Right. You know, that, that doesn't strike me as, as being the most plausible argument for how things happened. You know, and, and frankly, you know, I don't know what happened or what didn't there, but I do know that, you know, um, 
if someone were to take a pastry or or a drink or something like that and and give it to a valued customer, perhaps you know with the ulterior motive of getting a bigger tip, perhaps not. That's the kind of things people do when they're treated badly. That's the kind of things people do when they're not you know valued as employees and perhaps you know um, uh, go unpaid. <laughs> Or, I mean, it's, but it's also, you know, these are just, these are things that you're not necessarily supposed to do um, at, a, at a business and are punishable by, you know, mm -hmm. sort of the standard means of, of punishing people, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, right. I mean, I mean, it, it was, it was quite a fantastical, uh, you know, web of events. What I have not been able to figure out and what's sort of been on the back of my mind throughout, you know, reporting on this entire thing and, you know, reading what you what you did was how was he he wasn't paying anybody. I mean, it was it was just, you know, he was he wasn't paying the garbage bills. He wasn't paying his mortgage. He wasn't paying his taxes. He wasn't paying his employees. What who was he paying? What where was this money going? Were we ever to, able to figure that out? You know, uh, we can dig through the bankruptcy filings, but even the attorneys for the uh, for the workers are, are not sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, uh, he was trying to open up a new cafe in the Luna Park site, and that's an expensive rental, and that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to, to remedy that building. That t was taking a long time, though. I mean, he you know, was. was sort of saying months, you know, uh, ne it, next month, next month, this, ki this kind of thing, yeah. Well, you know, I mean... You know, if you're an aggrieved employee, it's it's very galling. It's like that's money that could be owed elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, in fact, you probably still wouldn't see it because there's a million people to grab it before you. Mm -hmm. But certainly, it is, it is a quirk of of city laws and you know, uh, overarching bankruptcy laws that you know that you can think about making an expansion of this sort with so much owed and with so much um, owed and unlikely ever to be repaid. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's. A real, I mean, you know, the, the term I used in the column was like reading through the demise of that restaurant <laughs> was like Amy, Amy Winehouse's toxicology <laughs> report, you know, exactly. like, like right. what, what was it going to be? Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it was so much stuff. And frankly, at some point, it's just amazing that nobody intervened at any point and just said, you have to stop. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so I guess, you know, if there is a takeaway to this, um, you know, admission beach, I mean, what is it? How, what, you know, what do we make of a, of a guy like Bill Clark? And what I think, do we make of I think that there's a lot of takeaways. I uh -huh. think that, you know, like, um, if you want to blame society, you can blame society for having bankruptcy laws that, you know, so obviously favor the fat cats yeah. over, um, over mm. the people who may or may not yeah. have been defrauded and claim they are. Uh, you can blame us as society for being vapid, for lining up around the block for a place that there was a front page story in the Chronicle about alleged wage theft and his employees suing him. Right. That right. didn't make a difference. But like, you know, allegations that there was, you know, mouse dung and whatnot, like everybody got up in arms about that, you know, uh, you know, treating your employees like dung was okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, that's a problem. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, but, you know, I mean, again, it, it's just amazing how many chances you get when you're from a certain station of life and when the crimes are of a certain sort or the alleged crimes. You know, I watched a whole uh, Bureau of Permit Appeals uh, hearing in which uh, it was a split vote two to two as to whether to rescind his permit, but the two people who, who didn't want to just basically went with the, well, running a business is hard. Running a business is hard. We need to give him another chance. And it's like, oh, man, you know, it's like how many chances you get? Right. You know, how many chances you get? It's like there was clear intent to, to evade the law here. And the city is not usually in the habit of running people out of business. It was a very clearly put case as to why this had to happen. And it was largely ignored. It was a very frustrating hearing to watch with inexpert older men kind of, you know, talking down to, to 
uh, city experts who happened to be younger women. So it was an even worse visual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, it was, and, and one of the things that, you know, one of the uh, commissioners asked, well, if the job was so bad, why did everyone stay? And it's like, wow, what a tone deaf thing to ask. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know restaurant jobs are hard. And this was like the all-star weekend of, of bad conditions. But almost every restaurant is doing something. Yeah. You know, I've worked in journalism my entire life. I've never been paid overtime. Right. right. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like uh, there, there's always expectations. And, you know, and people who complain tend to, you know, find themselves out of work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, you can be a great waiter and a great maitre d' and a great, you know, cook. But, like, you know, there's, they can find somebody who can just do the work and not complain. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a spectacularly tone-deaf question, and it was very frustrating for everyone involved. Now, sort of as, you know, kind of a, a foil, you know, to Mission Beach Cafe, it also has the name Mission in it. Um, but it is kind of, you know, in many ways, um, closing its doors um, for another reason, or almost the opposite reason as Mission Beach Cafe. It's called Mission Pie, and it's... Uh, it's yeah, very almost... much the gallant to Mission Beach's goofus yeah. um, <laughs> is, is Mission Pie is a pie place on Mission and 25th. Is it 25th or 26th? Uh, 25th, yeah. Yeah, so Mission and 25th, and uh, they've been in business for 12 years, and, and more than just a place to buy pie, uh, the co-owners, uh, Karen Hessler, a city native, and, right. um, and uh, her partner, uh, Kristen Rubin, um, they have very highfalutin ideals, but it doesn't. They're not pretentious about it, which is a hard thing to do in a city. Now, when? Are, but sorry, when are they closing? Uh, September first is the announced closure. Oh, date. okay. So it's really so coming they, up. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they've given us all head time. We can run out and get pie, but in this case, they source everything to the. You know, that's very high quality ingredients, and and you know everything is done in you know the most ethical way possible, and the employees you know are paid as much as they can. You know, they they're paid on you know high for that field. I think that they get between 15 and 20 as the base, but also they have a transit subsidy, they have health care, they have um, uh, a 401k, 401k, right? 401k <laughs> with a match. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, this is not uh, a McKinsey uh, uh, salary, but it's it's a lot for that field. Plus, you know, I've talked to, you know, several former and current employees, and like this is this is seen as a desirable place to work where you don't have... Uh, you know, a Gordon Ramsay type situation where someone feels like an empowered asshole. And like, let's be honest, even Anthony Bourdain was an asshole and he admitted it, you know? And uh, and so like, I, I, you know, I could be mistaken, you know, they've been in business 12 years, there are good days and bad days, but like that was not the overriding um, uh, situation there. It was, it was designed to be a, you know, a more ethical place to work in every way. But they, you know, the, the, the costs are just too much. So, so now, so basically Mission Pie is, you know, it needs to shut its doors because it is essentially paying, you know, doing everything by the book. Yes, but more than the book. More uh, than the book. I mean, like mm. the cost of, of, labor costs are more than half of, of, of their costs. And in San Francisco, they simply found that they, you know, even if they paid it their most aggressively, and this, and I take them at the word that they're paying what they can pay mm-hmm. because the profit margin is apparently between zero and 6%. And it's usually yeah, yeah. closer to three or four. Wow. Uh, yeah. That, um, that they just can't, people cannot be paid at a, at a rate commensurate with what it takes to live in the city. Right, right. And, and that's, that's just a sad thing. I mean, this is, there's a number of reasons for that, right? And, you know, everybody grabbed it and used it for his own uh, or her own political end. Oh, we're not building enough housing. It's like, well, obviously. But like, you know, um, oh, you know, there's also a vast influx of tech wealth, you know, and there's a vast influx, you know, like there are a number of factors here. And, you know, in the end, it's very hard to live in the city. You know, uh, we'd written a story before that got a lot of attention about how Karen Heisler, um, who was the one who talked to me for that story, but I'm sure Kristen Rubin as well, 
um, you know, made it very clear that they weren't going to give any business to Caviar, Uber Eats, or any of these app-based delivery services because, uh, A, you know, those guys are violating state law uh, with re- with regard to classifying employees, you mm-hmm. know, employees as employees or right, not. Right, but right. more, <clears throat> I don't think you and I know, you know, I've never used one, but you just hit a button. But, like, um, their business model is that you pay the restaurant whatever you pay, and it's no extra money. You don't really pay them any extra money. They just take a cut from the restaurant. Well, the cut is like 30%. And as we just mentioned, the profit rate for the restaurant is like 5%. Yeah. So like this is a money-losing proposition. So you know, uh, the impetus here for a restaurant is to charge more. But it's in the contracts you can't charge more for the delivery service than for in-house. So the impetus, again, is to charge everyone more. It's hard not to see a housing allegory here where everyone's getting charged much more money for, for the same thing because of increased demand. Right, right. And, and, and that, of course, caters to the people who can pay. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Mission Pie was never a cheap place, but, you know, it was not, you know, there are normal people in there. When you go in there, there are normal people knitting, you know, like regular folks, old people, you know, regulars. And, you know, it, it's not cheap, but like a slice of pie and a cup of coffee is something like you could do once a week, even even on a modest income. Uh, you know, that, if you were to jack that up 30% like that, that would be, that would be notable. And, and, and so Mission Pie really just had a re- reservation with, with buying into this game, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, um, among other things, Karen Hessler worked for many years for the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, <laughs> so she has a background in regulations. So like, you know, uh-huh, when right. you have, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, a fly-by-night outfit like this, I think it just rubs her very much the wrong way. But also there's the economic factors that I just outlined that just didn't work for them. Right, right. And so, you know, I think this was a painful decision, but they always knew that at some point in time, uh, their ideals and their business model would, would um, potentially clash. They just, you know, it took them years to realize, like, it's happening now. Now, did, uh, you know, when you were doing that previous story, which I believe was published a couple weeks ago, you know, was did you have sort of any uh, feeling that they would be uh, shutting their doors or, you know, that did you sense any exasperation with the current situation or? Not beyond the current existential drama of every business in San Francisco, especially right. one that, you know, that is, is independent and especially one that, you know, is, um, you know, uh, not profit is the number one motive. Uh, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. You know, that makes it hard to, uh, to, to, to succeed no matter what. This is an unforgiving city, right? And, you know, something that both Karen and Kristen brought up is that it's very frustrating because nobody's giving a tax break to Mission Pie. <laughs> They're right. giving a tax break to, you know, rapacious companies like Twitter, which held the city hostage. And, like, you know, I could argue that Twitter does not add benefit to San Francisco in any way. Mm. Um, you know, I, I... And again, they weren't saying give us a tax break, but they were saying it's frustrating to see this is what the city values. Right, right. Um, have you ever had a uh, slice of, uh, of Mission Pie? No, I'm not really a pie guy. Um, not, I, I mean, I've I mean, gone there many times because it's just a pleasant place, and I've uh-huh. gotten coffee, and I've, I've interviewed people there on a number of occasions. Um, it's a good interview place. Like, for me personally, like, you'll, if, if I do an off-site interview, it's going to be at Mission Pie or Jim's Restaurant. I mean, right? will this, I mean, is it, I mean, with, with sort of the, the uh, impending sort of shuttering of, of, the, of the business, might it be time to be a pie guy? I'm sure I'll buy something. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> will. Um, well, um, thank you for uh, being on the show today, Joe. It was um, uh, this is a, it's a very interesting. Um, and by, and by the way, let me say, like if, uh-huh. in this in this drama, I'm not a cake guy either. You're not. Then what kind of guy are you? I'm not really a dessert guy. Not a dessert guy. I mean, at like all. people get really worked up about the is the hot dog a sandwich, you know, pie or cake, etc. Right. Um, I, I haven't put adequate thought into the hot dog question, but but you know, if it comes down to pie or cake, I would take pie. But I usually am neither. 
It's really know? just canned fish and, and hard-boiled eggs. I've I've cut back on the hard-boiled eggs. Oh. Yeah, I have uh, a cholesterol hard problem. Hard on the arteries, right? Well, yeah, I have a cholesterol problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know it, but I do. All right. <laughs> no, no, you look great. Well, um, anyway, thank you very much. Um, my, again, my name is Julian Mark, and uh, I'm here with uh, my managing editor, uh, Joe Eskenazi. Uh, thank you uh, for listening.